No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Don't you hate these post-game shows, Dave Manouk, where there's nothing to talk about? How are we ever going to fill the next hour, maybe two hours, after that Jets Wild game? Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to talk about what has to be one of the most heated, entertaining, just passionate games that we've seen this year, probably in the entire NHL, it comes down at game 81 of the regular season. And with the 3-1 victory, it means that Thursday night will not be the final Illegal Curve postgame show of this season. Good to see you, Mr. Manuk. The Winnipeg Jets are playoff bound after going into Minnesota and defeating the Wild by that 3-1 margin. And it's not just the Winnipeg Jets, Drew, that are heading to the playoffs. The Manitoba Moose over in Texas where things are bigger, uh, they also punched their ticket to the playoffs. So it'll be a Jets, Moose, playoffs, and the ice. So there's lots of playoff hockey here in Winnipeg. The Moose did it in uh, somewhat unexpected fashion. We'll get into that later in the half of the show. But uh, they made it more difficult on them than they needed to. But they set some records in Texas. So uh, things are happening. There's joy in Joyland as uh, former Jets head coach Claude Noel used to say. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, Jets fan, Jets did something that they couldn't do all season long. They were 3-0, and 0-3 against the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. They've been outscored 14-4 to in the final regular season battle of friendly Manitoba against nothing. Minnesota. <laughs> Not so nice. There was nothing it, friendly. There was nothing nice about tonight's game. Well, there traditionally, was... traditionally yeah. we're a nice people. They're a nice people, but it was uh, not so friendly Manitoba against Minnesota. Not so nice uh, tonight because the refereeing uh, from both teams' perspective, I'm sure, was to use the word kindly incompetent. And, uh, you know, it led to some shenanigans late in the game, which we'll, of course, we'll discuss throughout the course of this broadcast. But the fact of the matter is Jets fans are excited because this team has done something and it's not just by fluke. I mean, got to give Connor Hellbuck his, his due. <laughs> yeah, it was Hellbuckian as, as per usual. As as I tweeted numerous times, Hellebuck, Hellebuckian, yeah. Hellebuckian, how do you make that save? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'll remind folks that there's a reason why when uh, they did the three, the three awards that they did before the... Uh, game against uh sorry who was the last game against San Jose San Jose Jose. I was thinking it was was a whole 24 hours ago I know it was like a west coast team and it had a light blue jersey I couldn't picture it exactly but a green blue whatever but anywho the point is there's a reason why Connor Hellebuck for five of the last six years has been uh, the all has won the three star awards uh each and every year so except for like I said the one year where Kyle Connor was the winner but Connor Hellebuck is a big part of that win. The team playing us a good structure, a, you know, is a good part of that win. And needing that win and needing that, you know, needing it. They just needed it. And the fact of the matter is, even though both teams played back-to-backs, the Wild rested, what, four to six of their main guys or their starters. They didn't travel with them to Chicago yesterday where they defeated the Blackhawks four to two. So, you know, the folk, I mean, I know that, first of all, they were down in the game. So that's why they came out. But they, of course, were out shooting the Jets. I think it was like 10-1 and 13-2 in the third period at certain points. 
And the fact, but the fact of the matter is they had a lot of guys who were fresh and, uh, and energized. And of course they were chasing the game. You, you know what? Yeah. There were, there's so much to talk about in tonight's contest, but from the Winnipeg Jets perspective, you have to look at the last, you know, week, week and a half, two weeks you had, you know, you had the five game homestand yeah. and they obviously took care of business on that five game homestand for the most part, winning four out of five, eight out of 10 points. They go into Minnesota tonight. So this is, you know, this isn't an easy situation that they're necessarily stepping foot in. You have to win on the road against the team that you haven't played well against all season. The last couple of years, to be perfectly honest, the Minnesota Wild have had the Winnipeg Jets number. You go into St. Paul, both teams on the second half of a back-to-back. As you said, the Wild rested an absolute ton of their players uh, last night in Chicago. So it wasn't sort of the equal footing as the Jets have, of course, been riding their 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 players hard in an effort to get into the, play, into the uh, playoffs. You have to like the fight that the Winnipeg Jets demonstrated in tonight's game. Now, did they win because of Connor Hellebuck? Well, yes, this is the Winnipeg Jets after all. You wouldn't have it any other way, would you? This is a game where Connor Hellebuck made, I mean, I, I mean, I can't even begin to count the number of grade A saves that he made uh, throughout the course of the game. There were at least, you know, three or four, I think, that come to mind that left me saying, holy bleep, how did he do that? Even though it's becoming routine for us to see him doing that year in, year out, game in, game out. But the Jets still managed to come away with a victory. And what I like even more, because this isn't a, a Winnipeg Jets team that's really known for being particularly physical, you know, that, that's really known for being particularly tough to play against. You know, when the Wild really got physical and goony, because let's not call let's, let's call it what it was, Ryan Reeves on Dylan DeMello, that's goony. Ryan yep. Portman on Nikolai Ehlers. Well, that's just bullshit. I mean, that mm -hmm. play is not a hockey play. That's no, it was predatory. That's predatory. It's a yeah. crackback block. The NFL has deemed it illegal to play, to have a crackback block, and that's a textbook crackback block. If that's not – it should have kicked him out of the game for it. The fact that didn't speaks to the incompetent officiating uh, – you know, if he doesn't get suspended for it, well, that speaks to the incompetent NHL Department of Player Safety, but we're used to that being incompetent as well. But what I like is that the Jets didn't lose their minds. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're facing these ridiculous hits, and they stayed with it. I thought they would have lost their cool. I was losing my cool, and I don't really get that passionate or that fired up about anything except for pizza. So when I'm watching the game at home and I'm getting fired up about the dirty play that I'm witnessing – and I'm getting my phone is blowing up from my friends and colleagues talking about what they what they're watching. But the Jets stayed with it. They stayed in the moment. And it was only after they had the game in hand when it was 3-1 and there were mere seconds to go in the game, even though the final minute or two minutes seemed like it took about a solid 20 to 25 minutes. That's when the Jets said, you know what? You've taken enough liberties with us. We're going to show that we're uh, we're, we're going to fight back a little bit. And if you want to be dirty, we're going to match your dirty. I like Neil Pionk's cross check. Yeah, it's not a hockey play. Yeah, it shouldn't be in the game. But when you have to send a message both to the wild and to the rest of the league that we're not going to get bullied, that, that's the kind of thing you need to see happen. So Neil Pionk cross checking him, dirty play, might get might get fined for it. Hell, if he gets suspended for it on thir uh, for Thursday's game, so be it. It doesn't matter. They're but doing I, him a favor to let him rest. That's right. I like the message that it sends to everyone else. 
Adam Lowry taking on Ryan Reeves. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how you can't be impressed by that. Ryan Reeves, you know, is a fringe player at best, as we all well know. The only thing he can do is, you know, basically lay out players with dirty hits and then fight uh, in response to that. Adam Lowry said, you know, enough is enough. You're going to be on the ice. Your head coach, Dean Evison from Manitoba, doesn't have enough class. He wants to escalate this further. That's fine. You can escalate it. I'm going to I'm going to answer the bell. I'm going to match him. And yeah, I'm not uh, at Ryan Reeves' heavyweight category of of fighters. Yeah, you know, but I'm going to still hold my own. And he did, and he held his own and more. Reeves threw more punches. Lowry probably got a better uh, a better punch in on Reeves. But that's the Jets saying we're not going to be bullied anymore. Brendan Dillon against Ryan Hartman. Yeah, Brendan Dillon is going to go after Hartman because Hartman shouldn't even be in the game at that point. So Brendan Dillon, yeah, you go and you take Hartman's number. And when you're battling in front of the net in the course of the play, you're going to take some liberties with him. And then Brendan Dillon did the classy thing and he could have kept wailing on him after Hartman turtled, but he did it because again, that's a one-sided battle, but the Jets said, we're not going to be bullied. And that is my main takeaway from that third period is this team that has been shrouded in doubt, deservingly so for the Mm -hmm. last 20, 25, 30 games of this regular season, maybe grew a little bit taller during tonight's game, maybe had a little bit of a spine, uh, you know, grow, grow, you know, their spine got a little bit, their hackles up. Like I watched cojones, when she gets cojones. the Jets said enough is enough. And we're going to start, uh, we're going to stand up for ourselves. And I think that that dressing room is probably frothing at the mouth in both celebration and in confidence right now, based on tonight's three, one victory over the Minnesota wild. Woo-wee, Drew is fired <laughs> up. I thought the fire above my head was on fire. The chat is on fire. People are loving the fact that Drew, you know, is our boy Bruce just said, you're crushing it at the buffet. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I still got the buffet as clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you should, was on. just reverse it and look, hold it on yourself right now, Drew. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and I have nothing to... Uh, to nitpick away from your points. I think you, you're there, right? Sorry, I, think that's, I feel a lot better now. Ooh, that was cathartic I, for you. I, I mean, I got to tell you, I can't, I can't think of the last time that this Jets team has got me fired up or a result from a game has got me fired up. Yeah, they get me fired up when, uh, you know, when they play poorly and, and things of that nature. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it wasn't a good day for the Winnipeg Jets organization off the ice. And we'll touch on that in the tone deaf uh, video and, and ad campaign and everything else. We'll touch on that probably later in the show or maybe on Saturday, probably not on Saturday because we have a playoff series. We're going to have to preview on Saturday for a couple hours, but you know, so it, from a bad day off the ice to a good day on the ice has probably got people's emotions really bubbling up. It's certainly got my emotions bubbling up and I'm really not a guy that gets, uh, that, that gets too fired up or gets, uh, too excited about what they're watching from this team on a night in night out basis. Dave, how'd you start talking again? I thought it was, we were just going to share you rant and rave. And suddenly yeah, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking to myself like, wait a second. How's Drew got the mic again? I thought it was my time to shine, but Hey, you know, like I said, when you got the, when, when Piggy's got the conch, Piggy's got the conch and uh, you had the conch. So I was going to, I was going to let you have it. I, I think, I think what, you know, you said, and I think I'll just try and, you know, maybe do it a little more succinctly because you know, you just, <laughs> You were you were great, Drew. Is the fact that the Jets showed heart, 
And that's what you wanted to see from a Jets team, the give a shit level, as we talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was there from the, from look, I mean, they, they got caved in the first period and, you know, they needed Connor Hellebuck to, to do their thing. They got some good goals early on, but I, I, I what was the final shot tally in that first? I think they were shot 14 to four, 13 uh, to four, maybe 12, 12, four. 12, four. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, so the, the Minnesota wild came out and again, we've talked about it. They had some rested players. So there was an advantage there versus the jets who were coming off that game yesterday. And, but the fact of the matter is if you're the Winnipeg jets and you're feeling about you're feeling good about your game. Like it's not just about again, like I said, it's always about gonna be about Connor Hellebuck. But we have we I, I don't we should actually like get a we should get money. We should charge ourselves even every time we see this. You don't apologize for having one of the best goaltenders. Like, no offense. The Nashville Predators were where they were as of today's game because of UC Soros. Mm-hmm. Like UC Soros is like I, I watched that game in Calgary. The, yeah. the Calgary Flames should have won yesterday, mm-hmm. but UC Soros was fantastic. Well, Jets fans have seen Connor Hellebuck for too many years to be shocked that he is fantastic and does what he does, which helps his team win night in and night out. But the fact of the matter is that from from puck drop, this team showed heart. And you're right, Drew. The third period really, I thought, um, illustrated that. But it was throughout the course of this hockey game where guys played for each other. And sure, I, you know, I agree with the assessment from Kevin Sawyer on the broadcast uh, because he did say that, you know, especially in the first, there were some some miscues, right? A lot of uh, pucks given away uh, unnecessary opportunities for the Minnesota Wild. But the Jets cleaned that up, I thought, a little bit better throughout the course of this hockey game. And like I, I said, it just comes back to playing playing a structured game for the, mo- for the most part and playing with heart. And I mean, you see it with the with that with that goal. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far into the goal uh, assessment because we're still in our preamble here, Drew. We haven't gotten <laughs> into the Betway game recap. We're going to have but, to do a Betway penalty recap at some point in time. And, also. And, and look, and the question is, and we don't know, and I'm not sure if you've seen it on your, on your screen, on your second screen as to whether there's an, uh, an update on Nikolai Ehlers or not, because we didn't yet. see him for the rest of the game. He did go to the room. So, I mean, ultimately that, that Hartman play could end up being very costly for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, mm-hmm. most likely maybe not get an assessment unless Rick Bonus just says it was precautionary that they held him out for the remainder of the game. Well, when you see him go to his head, he's definitely going to go to the quiet room, the well, NHL, you know, yeah. the NHL, which which may or may not be awake half the time. Hopefully, the concussion spotter. Well, once the, once, know, it once it hits, once it hits, Drew. No, no, once it hits ten o'clock in the East Coast, they're they're done. They're done they're for done, the night. You're right. No other so they, games, they, no other games they, matter besides uh, they, East Coast time games. They've been sleeping for at least an hour. The fact of the matter is, though, that like I said, this that, so there is some concerns for the Jets. And, and, you know, like I said, it was weird because Wild fans have been heated since the game here in Winnipeg where Kapril, Kirill Kaprizov was knocked out by Logan Stanley and everybody's mm-hmm. calling for blood. And it's funny because Kaprizov's like, yeah, it was a hockey play. It was, you know, obviously not intentional. And they were like, well, we don't care what you think. We have our own opinions. And you did wonder if there was going to be some some bad blood carrying over from, from what happened uh, with Kaprizov here in Winnipeg to tonight's game. And like I said, that... You know, was Hartman just making a predatory decision in the third period? You know, not trying to just target, or he could have been hit, pissed because Ehlers had a completely clean hit. And that's one of the things about the NHL I hate now is that you can't have a clean hit without having to answer for it because it's not like he blew him up. No, that a, Ehlers' a, hit was, was, was. I mean, Nick, Nikolai Ehlers is exactly uh, yeah. six foot five, 400 yeah. pounds coming down, uh, you know, at, at light speed to, to kill someone in the board. So, um, it wasn't even a big hit, but anyways, no. the fact is that the Jets, as to your point, Drew, the Jets were able to not back down because this is not the big, heavy Dustin Bufflin on the team. So everybody's a foot taller because mm-hmm. everybody, people forget that. Sure. Ben Chirot was on the team. They were tougher. This was, a, they were a tougher team, you know, in 17, 18. There's no question yeah. about it, 
But Dustin Bufflin made everybody tougher. It didn't matter who you were. Lee Stepniak was like seven feet tall when Dustin <laughs> Bufflin was around. So the fact is that the Jets had a different mindset when he was on the ice. Now, I'm not saying that they're completely removed from that time, but they're not, they weren't the same team, you know, for the last couple of years that they have been back then. And that's fine. Teams evolve all the time. But you're, you know, when Kevin said it on the broadcast, these guys played for each other. You know, something happened. They went to each other's mm -hmm. defense. They didn't just say, oh, look, you know, he got nailed and we're just going to, we're just not, nobody's going to answer. Brendan Dillon, if anybody who's going to on this team is going to be that kind of that warrior's code and who's going to make someone pay for, for hitting one of your guys, mm -hmm. it's Brendan Dillon. That's right. Brendan Dillon or really Adam Lowry. Those are your two guys on this team who are going to make someone answer for doing something to one of your teammates. And, and they did. And, and, you know, as we, as I talked about, and as I don't need to rehash again, the Jets responded both on the ice and getting that absolutely massive goal from Mason Appleton. We'll get into that momentarily in the Betway game recap. And then when the game was was in hand, they also responded with the physicality. They didn't back down. They said, "Okay, we've had enough. Now we have. A, now we can have a little bit of fun. We're up three one. We're about to go to the playoffs. We're going to have a little bit of fun now with some fisticuffs for the rest of this game. And of course, you know, you know, when that stuff happens, you hope that." Nobody uh, gets injured. You don't punch a helmet and break a hand. That's obviously the fear, of course, when uh, you know when you're watching Lowry and uh, and, and Ryan Reeves uh, throw down there a little bit. You know, Niederreiter and Ryan Reeves. You know, it, look, everything about that third period was a little wild and wooly, especially the end of it. But nonetheless, it ends up with the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs, and they're really fortuitous. They are lucky. They have six days off. Whenever the the playoffs start, we know that the earliest, uh, according to Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press, and no reason to doubt Mike here, that uh, the earliest the playoffs are going to start is Monday. Well, the Jets, obviously, that game on Thursday doesn't mean anything. They're locked into the second wildcard spot. Let me tell you, that entire that entire uh, extra line of David Gustafson, uh, oh, yeah. Carson Kuhlman, and actually Anton Fielby will get some uh, game action on Thursday. No question. Everyone, Logan Stanley's getting in. Kyle Capobianco's getting in. Uh, David Riddick, I'm sure, is going to be the starting goaltender. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you'd if... want to start Connor Hellebuck no. for the 14th straight game. I think you'd want to give him the night off instead. I wouldn't be surprised if they call up one of the Moose goaltenders now that the Moose have clinched a playoff spot tonight as we... I actually was thinking that for some reason I in my head, because Arvid Holm didn't play, now it turned out I found out it was due to illness okay. because they, the Moose recalled Evan Cormier. Right. But there was a part of me that was wondering if they were going to be doing that. And of course, I, I was inclined to not think it would be for tonight's game. So if they were going to do that, they would have done it for... Uh, the game on Thursday. We'll still see if they can do that. But uh, Scary Salmon was in that today with Evan Cormier backing him up, Arvid Holm, out due to illness. It would not surprise me in the least bit if Hellebuck and a lot of the regulars on this team don't even make the trip uh, to Denver. No reason. They actually, Drew, they might end up calling up Evan Cormier, who, of course, the Jets signed to that contract. He, of course, would be most likely the black ace with the Jets uh, sure. when playoffs start. But you could see Cormier get recalled and uh, potentially, and even back up David Riddick. Yeah, lots of uh, moving parts as it pertains to the Jets roster on Thursday. And of course, we'll have more on that throughout the course of the post-game show as news trickles out, if it does. And of course, on IllegalCurve.com. We say good evening to everyone watching us. Almost 550 people are here live watching us. It is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. We're going to do it on Thursday night as well, even though the game isn't going to matter for anything and of course stay tuned details to come an illegal curve watch party 
for the playoffs as well as a live on location broadcast of the Illegal Curve post game show. Stay tuned to all of our social media at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever we are. Stay tuned for more information about that. And of course, on the website, illegalcurve.com. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. We ask you to do that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. Come on, folks. As Drew just said, there's almost 550 of you. Yeah. Let's get some podcast comments. Let's go. Not just on the YouTube. I like like it when you leave comments on the YouTube page, but go on Apple, go on Spotify, drop some comments, let other people. That's how other people find out about us. So keep doing that. There you go. Exactly as Dave M said. Uh, Let's get into tonight's game, the specifics of the game. Oh, you want to start already, Drew? The goals of the game. We might as well get into it. It is the Betway game recap. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Much needed for the Winnipeg Jets, something they've been good at as of late during this recent run of success is getting that first goal tonight when you're facing a Minnesota Wild team that you've struggled against this year, that you've struggled against for the last couple of years. Getting that first goal was epically important, and the Jets get it. Adam Lowry, how good has he been over the last few weeks? His 13th of the season assist to Nino Niederreiter, and of course Josh Morrissey, because Josh Morrissey always gets assists for this team. His 60th, 60th assist on the season. The Jets open the scoring at the 353 mark of the first period, Dave. It's a rebound by Lowry, makes no mistake, depositing a pass mark Andre Fleury. Weren't a lot of goal, weren't a lot of shots on goal for the Jets in that first period, but uh, a couple goals, which certainly helps them in the uh, winning column. Yeah, they they made them they made the wild pay on the ones that they did take, I guess, Drew, especially that first one, second game in a row now. Of course, Pierre Luc Dubois was able to do that for the Jets against the San Jose Sharks last night. Today it's Adam Lowry on the first shot of the game for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, huge. I mean, huge from a, mo- a momentum perspective. And, and we talk about it all the time with players and coaches and each other is this idea of not having to play the game from behind. And, you know, if you're the Jets and the Jets are playing with confidence, right? Let's not forget the Jets have now won, what, five out of their last six games, mm-hmm. right? Some of them handily, some of them, you know, in tighter fashion. But the fact of the matter is that the Jets have, they're feeling good about their hawk about their hockey right now. Yes. And again, you know, we're not talking one game. You know, five of the last six is is a decent enough number that you can say, well, you kind of got something here. Mm-hmm. Have the Jets, you know, because that's the big question mark. You know, when you did it against Detroit, okay. When you did it against New Jersey, well, that was an impressive win against New Jersey, regardless of what how people wanted to kind of paint it. Mm-hmm. Then they kept it rolling. And so from a Jets perspective, that's exactly what you needed to do. But again, it's all about the 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 way that it changes the dynamic of the game if you're chasing against a team, especially against a team that's like Minnesota, who plays the way they do. Right. So the Jets instead have the advantage. I mean, really good play by by Nita Ryder, mm-hmm. Adam Lowry, exactly where he needs to be. I mean, Josh Morrissey has 60 assists on the season. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous what Josh Morrissey is doing. So, I mean, it is it is absolutely remarkable that Josh Morrissey has had the season he's had. And unfortunately for him, uh, you know, Eric Carlson, who the Jets fans saw yesterday, putting up 100 points. 
uh, will most likely be, and we're not going to get into our Norris discussion. We already had that last night on the show. But the fact of the matter is, Drew, that you know the, these guys have confidence in their game right now. There's not a little less nervousness. You know, you're not seeing that tentative play, I think, as much as we were, you know, during that stretch. And, you know, no surprise, right? We, winning breeds everything and winning brings a lot of confidence in the room. And I just think that Adam Lowry, right place, right time, deposits that rebound. And it just sets the tone for that Jets team who, you know, only have the one shot at that point, being mm-hmm. that one. But they have the goal and they're in They're They're feeling good because, you know, regardless of whether they they were you know, thinking that to themselves, well, we need two points. Obviously they wanted the win, but for every goal they scored, it meant that Minnesota needed at least two to beat them. And they, they're thinking to themselves, well, at least we're, you know, making it likely that we're going to get at least extra time. If you're the Winnipeg Jets, that's my way of looking at it a little bit was you're thinking, well, you know, Hey, if, especially when it was two, nothing, you're like, okay, they need at least three. Most likely, if they can get back, it's going to be in overtime. So at least we would be we'd punch or take it. Now that's not the way you want to fall backwards into it. We've right. talked and about it. And they didn't it. play that way. As no, no, no. I agree. I'm not yeah. saying otherwise. I'm just saying that it, it could have been that way. It mm-hmm. wasn't. And and you know one of the things I've been writing about on illegalcurve.com, little website illegalcurve.com, is the idea of controlling your own destiny. And you know we we kind of joked about it on Saturday's show, but it is absolutely critical for this team to do they didn't want to fall ass backwards into this. And I saw one of the comments and I'm sorry, guys and girls, we've had 10,000 comments already on the show. So I'm yeah. appreciating. You might not be able to get them all on the screen, but we love yeah, the interaction that's going on in the chat. Right yeah. Now. And, and again, the best part about that is even when Drew and I are not able to do it, you guys are having a great time, uh, you know, as part of the discussion. But, but uh, you know, one of the things that I was just going to say is that these guys are just, it's just, it really is just remarkable what they've been able to achieve because like I said, they just keep pushing and they keep pushing in there. And and so you've got Lowry and he's feeling good about his game back-to-back games with a goal. You know, he's already set career highs for, not for his goals. I think that was his 13th and his career high was 15, but he's already got set a career high for points mm-hmm. and you can just see there's a confidence and, and adding Nino Nino rider to that line has just done it. I don't know what it is. And we've talked about it and it's not a surprise. Nino Nino rider has made any line he's played on a better line. He's just a professional hockey player. I mean, yeah. it's just that he's a, he's a professional hockey player, and he makes you know. I remember uh, when the Jets signed Matthew Perot. So going way back when they first signed him away from the Anaheim Ducks, yeah. and we were talking to our former colleague Richard, who of course is now a scout uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know we were saying, you know, what's the scouting report on Matthew Perot? And I remember Richard saying he makes the players he plays with better. And yeah. I think you could say the same about Nino Niederreiter. He's just such a professional. He's such a smart player. And he's always doing the right thing. You can understand why coaches would love him. Because he's one of those guys where you don't have to worry about, is he going to do something that's going to cause you a little bit of heartburn? Is he going to do something that's going to you know make you leave you a little bit upset? He's going to be professional. He's going to be in the right place at the right time. And he's going to improve everyone around him. And you can see how he has fit in so well with yeah. Lowry and Appleton. And he's actually made Mason Appleton, I think, a far better player because too often... He's certainly looked good in the last couple of games or yes, the last little bit. Too often, Mason Appleton has a tendency to disappear and to maybe be sort of... You don't really notice him on the ice, and that's not necessarily a good comment. Sometimes there's some players you don't want to notice on the ice, right. uh, but he sometimes would, would disappear for games at a time or shifts at a time. He's been much more noticeable since he's been put together with Nino Niederreiter and with Adam Lowry, of course. And of course, the second line, they weren't the best tonight, Lau, uh, uh, Nemesnikov, Wheeler, and Ehlers, but they've been pretty good as to, when they're together. And 
it was all a surprise to us when Shifley went to the wing with Dubois and, and Kyle Connor, uh, but it's worked. It's worked at least in terms of victories for this Winnipeg Jets team. You know, it's worked in that sense. Now, is it worked largely again on the back of Connor Hellebuck? Yes, the Jets are who they are. They're still going to go as far as Connor Hellebuck can take them. But for a team that couldn't score and couldn't win, well, you know, the five out of their last six leaves them feeling a whole hell of a lot better as they now enter the playoffs starting early next week. Uh, one nothing for the Jets. The first goal only took us about 10 minutes to break down. So with another uh, three goals to go, we should be here by until about uh, midnight, 1 a.m., somewhere around that front, but that's okay. Well, Drew, it's okay. It's not like the, the Manitoba Moose scored seven goals tonight. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> that might uh that the 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 yeah the the betway game recap of that game is going to take a real long time we'll deal with that after the commercial break in still a while to come jets made it two nothing so you get that one nothing lead what's the best way to to add to that it's to make it two nothing and it's mark shifley in a bit of a greasy area sort of unaccosted by the side of the net by the blue paint he had a little bit of time in order to sort of try and corral a bit of a bouncing puck there was a you know a double tip and some pinballed off a few legs uh it was a nate schmidt shot and then pierre luc dubois with the secondary assist in any event shifley is able to hammer it into the empty net he makes it uh two nothing for the jets shifley's 42nd of the season the Jets had four shots at this point in time in the uh in the first period they ended the first period with a grand total of four shots yet they managed to also end the first period with a two nothing lead Dave hey it doesn't really make a difference how many shots you know they they were just trying to conserve it they wanted their numbers to look good in the uh in the you know when people were saying well you know Jets shooting percentage is pretty solid after that game so they, <laughs> yeah. they certainly were looking good after the uh after that first period and Mark Shifley has shown that he can score goals in different areas, right? I mean, how how significant is it that he's in a dirty area? Mm-hmm. More often than not, that's not where we associate Mark Shifley and scoring goals. And he had a lot of chances. I specifically think about that one that Kyle Connor set him up with on the power play. That's one that's in his office where he generally scores, you know, uh, a lot of his goals from. But but that's exactly what you need because in the playoffs, you don't. Uh, Hunter Bob wants to know the final score. Don't worry, Hunter Bob. It was seven five for the Moose. We'll get into that. All the goals, but but anyways, it might just be a solo show at that point because Drew might sign off. But we'll we'll <laughs> see where we going. go from just there. Keep going. Anywho, the Mark Shifley though. That, again, in the playoffs, goals are harder to come by. I'm not telling yeah. anything that anybody, all of the all 600 of you who are currently in the chat, welcome. By the way, we're not uh, telling you anything that you aren't anticipating or don't know yourself. But the fact is that 55 needs to be in those tougher areas, and that's exactly where he went. And he scores his 42nd goal of the year because he's in a position to take a rebound. And that's what we've talked about. And Nate Schmidt, how many times have we talked about Nate Schmidt needing to hit the net? Because, I, you know, Nate Schmidt's a great person, just fantastic. And we've done lots of interviews with him. He, we've had him on this show. We've done, uh, you know, individual interviews with him. He's a great person. But, you know, and again, from a defensive perspective, he's got to hit the net. He's got a good shot. He just doesn't. He, too often, he was missing the net. And those rebounds weren't available. Well, look what happens when that shot hits the net and there's a rebound available. And coincidentally, there's someone there to deposit that rebound into the back of the net. So the Jets are rewarded. And again, you hope for Mark Shifley, that gets in his brain because that's where you want him to go in the playoffs is those tougher areas, those harder areas to be. He's not a small guy, so he can be in front of the net and he can take a hit or two because the fact is, 
that's where you're going to get those greasy goals. That's where you're going to give your team a boost. And that's a huge goal. I know that, you know, Don Cherry would always famously say the two goal lead is the, the worst goal, worst lead in hockey. Well, I traditionally think of that as coming out of the third period, which coincidentally, of course, they, they showed when they, when the wild started off like gangbusters. But the fact of the matter is that was a significant goal because you're right. The wild had, had the momentum, the wild had puck possession and yet mm-hmm. the jets had a two nothing lead courtesy of Mark Shifley's 42nd. Well, we, and we can't talk about the end of the first period and the beginning of the second period without touching on a, a huge moment. That being the jets killing off the five on three that, uh, that they were facing, you know, with uh, Dylan, was in the, the second though. What's that? That was in the first, the end of the first and end the of the first and yeah. the second. Yeah. That's what yeah, I yeah. said. Dylan DeMello okay. in the box for roughing and then Saku Manalainen and takes a high sticking penalty. By the way, the DeMello roughing is garbage because that's not roughing. Well, I, the Sacramento line and penalty is a penalty. Yeah. Well, especially with, with, with what ended up getting, uh, being allowed later in the game, you're wondering, yeah. it's like did the officials just, you know, change their, their, their tune about, uh, the penalties. And, and the way, is else. this supposed to be a tarps off show drew? I mean, if, if that's the case, uh, that's uh, no one wants to see you with your shirt off. And I can assure you, nobody wants to see me with my <laughs> shirt off. So Spency, if you want to wear, if you want to take your shirt off while you're at home by yourself or whomever is in your home is a willing victim at that point in time. Uh, in any event, you can't talk about the, the, you know this game without mentioning the Jets penalty kill, especially yeah. uh, at the end of the first and early in the second where they kill off this uh, penalty. I mean, you know, it's two nothing at that point when they, they get into penalty trouble and you know, they remember you got, they got into penalty trouble with Wheeler before that. The last yeah. half of the uh, of the first period, they took three minor penalties, and it's a completely different game if Minnesota is able to capitalize on one of those uh, power play opportunities uh, late in, in the first period. But the Jets penalty kill does a great job, Dave, in in you know keeping Minnesota. Uh, stymied and of course Connor Hellebuck as the old cliche goes your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer and he certainly was uh, tonight for the Winnipeg Jets especially at the end of that first period and early in the second well no nobody's more stymied than me because T. Will just told me to maintain my tarp on so I will stay tarped (laughs) on for T. Will's benefit and the chat's benefit but um, although I think someone else said, speak for yourself. I think, I think Roscoe wants to see you without your shirt on Drew. So, uh, give the people what they want (laughs) anyways. So no, I mean, look, you're the penalty kill for the jets have been, has been very good. And you know, they're, they're a top penalty killing unit in the NHL and Adam Lowry, Morgan Barron, Mason Appleton, Kevin Stenland. That's unheralded stuff. We're heralding them right now, but it's generally speaking pretty unheralded stuff. When you, when you just block shots, you know, eat pucks, throw them out and, you know, you get, okay, the PK is very good, but these guys, they, they do it. It's, it's unselfish stuff getting in the, in the shot lanes, blocking shots. I mean, Adam Lowry, look, I'm sure he's black and blue after that game with a couple of the shots that he had. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just saw the two pays off. That was a good one by I smell great. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think that I, don't, I, I think people would be concerned if I all of a sudden started showing up with hair on my, on, on top of my head for the, I can give you my Baba's wig. It's somewhere in here. Thank you. You can keep it for yourself and do whatever you okay. want with that. All right. Well, I don't do anything with it. It's my Bob, for God's sake. I have a little respect. Anywho, so the point is that, uh, although I did wear it once, so I, should, uh, I shouldn't say that, but but she was there. She saw me wearing it. Just keep Anyways, going, please. Anyways, nice little sidebar. Yeah. I can, I'll, you know, maybe I'll come, maybe I'll come back from break wearing my, my Baba's wig. Yeah, we're not going to break yet, so we still have time. Oh, no, back. I'm just saying. Yeah, saying okay. eventually. Sorry, I've, we've already gone 35 minutes through, and I haven't really segued much, but Look, it, it just, I'm just what I'm, I think I said this in yesterday's show, the Jets penalty kill has given this team a lot of life. It's given mm-hmm. them a lot of energy because even though 
obviously, you know, going down five on four, especially like you said, in three times in the first period is less than ideal. The, the team from, from what these guys are able to do, I think they built, are able to build on it because you can sense that, you know, Hey, we just killed it. We, you know, we're, we're, we're still up on the, in this game and let's see what we can do. Now, of course, you know, those it were inopportune at the end of the period, but again, a five on three kill is it's, it's always hard, obviously to, to carry over a penalty and have any momentum for the team. That's obviously on the power play, yeah. but I thought the Jets penalty kill was excellent. Yeah, the Jets penalty kill was excellent. And then that second period, there's no goal scored in the second period. But that was certainly the best period for the Winnipeg Jets in today's game. They outshot Minnesota 11-4 to in that second period. So sort of a role reversal of the first period. Not able to get anything past Marc-Andre Fleury. But the Jets were certainly in control of the game. Uh, particularly after sort of the, the streak of penalties uh, finished. When they killed off the uh, the, the, the two-man advantage. When the Manalainen penalty expired. And then the back half of that second period was all Winnipeg Jets. And that's exactly what uh, the Jets would hope for. You know, it would have been a very opportune time to get a power play goal. They weren't able to do it. Minnesota ran into a little bit of penalty trouble with uh, Marco Rossi taking that tripping penalty. And that Matt Dumba, the high stick on Mark Shifley, the Jets weren't able to capitalize. So they weren't able to expand the lead beyond uh, the 2-0 lead that they had. They weren't able to make it 3-0. So the third period... And this is an important third period. You know, keep in mind this is a very important game for the Minnesota Wild as well. They are still jockeying for playoff positioning and everything else. They still wanted to, uh, you know, potentially get into the second spot or even the first spot in the uh, in the in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. They're not going to now. They are. Uh, they're not yet mathematically locked in to third spot uh, as they conceivably uh, could uh, leapfrog Colorado. Not Dallas, but they could leapfrog Colorado if the Avs were to lose out and if Minnesota were to win their last game against the uh, Nashville Predators. But in any event, it's likely that Minnesota is going to finish third in the Central Division, more likely than not in any event. The Jets, we know, locked into second spot, uh, the second wild card spot, most likely to play Vegas, but that still has not been confirmed. But I think a lot of people in Winnipeg would be eager to see a rematch against the Vegas Golden Knights, but that's something we can talk about a little bit later on as we still have the third period to talk about here on the Betway Game Recap. We say good evening again to everybody. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. We'll do it again Thursday night, and then we'll do it for all of the playoff games, no matter how long the playoffs last. We will be here bringing you the Illegal Curve post-game show. So be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, so you don't miss an episode or a broadcast of the shows we put together. And again, Saturday morning, 9 a.m., as we have for so many years, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, comprehensive uh, playoff preview coming this Saturday. So be sure to join us bright and early at 9 a.m. You knew the Wild were going to push. You felt the push coming. And for a while there, for at least the, you know, it, it took the Wild a minute 59 while on the power play with Adam Lowry in the box for hooking. Having uh, saved the goal, by the way. Having saved the goal, taking a hooking penalty to save a goal. And but you honestly thought that, you know, the the Wild might never be able to get one past Connor Hellebuck the way things were going. No, and, and I want to just reiterate a point. Sorry, Drew, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I just want to reiterate a point that was made earlier, you know, felt like 10 years ago. But it was just Lowry has stopped more goals then maybe he scored, but that's just as, as critical. And he really has. I mean, that was a goal that was on the stick. And 
you know, he what he does obviously calls it takes a penalty, yeah. but he prevents a goal at that point. Now, of course, the Wild scored on the ensuing power play, but you didn't think they were going to because Connor Hellebuck was again, he was Hellebuckian. I mean, that save they're gonna be showing that save with the, the paddle save, yeah, for for I mean, it was it was ridiculous. It was another he again. We talk about guys who drag the team along. We we actually said Mark Shifley, who's been performing, had to put this team on the, his back. But really, we know that the guy who needed to put, who ha- always has his team on his back, on yeah. on the on his back, is Connor Hellebuck. And and again, you saw it throughout the course because we know that you know your best penalty killer has to be your goaltender, and he was he was sensational. He, he sensational is is an understatement for some of the saves that he made against the Minnesota Wild tonight. You mentioned the one, uh, I mean, the paddle save off of uh, Matt Zuccarello late in the third period is going to be the one that is going to stick yeah. in the minds of everyone. Um, and, and, and it's not like that was the only one of the game. There no, were other no, ones there were, were at least four or five others. That's right. There were other ones that were just as good. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov eventually gets the puck past him. His 40th of the season. He's a fantastic hockey player. Assist to John Klingberg and Marcus Johansson. Johansson, of course, is the guy who got injured on the peon cross-check later in the game. Uh, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But Kaprizov finally, on the power play, is able to bang one past Connor Hellebuck. And all of a sudden, it's a 2-1 game, and there's still 18 minutes and one second to play. So the Jets are certainly not uh, guaranteed to be playoff bound uh, when that goal goes in, Dave. No, and and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's easy to say in hindsight. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of one of those things that's good for the Winnipeg Jets because rather than cruising, if they got a third goal and cruised, you kind of forced them to test their mettle because you knew that Minnesota was going to throw everything they could at the Winnipeg Jets in order to try and tie that game. The look, the Minnesota Wild don't like the Winnipeg Jets. The Minnesota Wild are very, you know, uh, they you know, it's not all of these guys. Remember what the Winnipeg Jets did to them in the playoffs not that long 17, ago, seventeen, eighteen. Right. Yeah. What did they do to them? They beat them handily. They beat them handily, right? Yeah. It was not much of a challenge right. uh, in that first round series. So you don't think that the Minnesota Wild would have loved, knowing that this was the, quote, easier of the two games the Jets were going to have left and the Jets needed at least one point. You don't think the Minnesota Wild would have loved to have been able play to spoiler. crush the Jets and play spoiler? Well, you know, Absolutely. I, I, you think about, you know, you think about how important this game is from the Jets' perspective. So let's, you know, you know, they have obviously they had the two games to go, and Nashville had the two games to go. You think about Nashville. So Nashville was going to get Minnesota on uh, on Thursday. Thursday now yeah. the Minnesota Wild may or may not have had anything to play for, depending on the outcome of tonight's game and depending on some of the other games around them. So the Wild could have been going to Nashville with nothing to play for, and the Iowa Wild. Yeah, the Iowa Wild, <laughs> exactly. And they would have had the Iowa Wild with them, not necessarily the Minnesota Wild. And the Predators, of course, would be on home ice with UC Soros and Net. Well, advantage to Nashville there, you know, even though they're by and large the Milwaukee Admirals, as we've talked about. And then let's say Nashville wins that one, and let's say the Jets, you know, go into Colorado on Thursday and, and they're not successful. Well, then what happens? They, it's a makeup game. The game on Friday between the Predators and the Avalanche is a makeup game. It's a game that uh, was from a postponement when there was a water main break at uh, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville probably three, four months ago. Well, that game probably wasn't going to mean much to Colorado also. So Colorado was going to have to play on the second half of a back-to-back, fly from Denver to Nashville, play a Predators team that had a lot to play for, 
the it was it was very very important for the Jets to take care of business tonight to not let any doubt creep into their minds as to how things are going to go because if you lose tonight's game in regulation you can certainly foresee a situation where they're not able to beat Colorado and Nashville is able to win both on home ice uh, against opponents that may very well have not had a lot to play for so for the Jets to not, they didn't treat this one as okay. We have another one still to come. They knew that really the desperate game was almost tonight, and they took care of business. Well, and and further to what you're suggesting, Drew, is also the fact that you now can rest your guys. Yes, and now from today's what Tuesday, yeah, it, the, you've almost got six days. Obviously, you're going to play. You're going to practice. Yeah. Jets are off tomorrow. They're back in action on Thursday in Colorado. But you now can. I, I know people are saying call up everybody from the moose. You don't really need to, given the fact that, like I said, you've got, I mean, you could, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I mean, I, I've been a proponent of, of giving guys yeah, you on the moose. You still have to be within the salary cap, of course. Right, but yeah, so you can't call up no everyone. There is requirements. Right, so so they'd still have to be, raw, you know, cap compliant. Uh, so they have to be cognizant of that. But And they're going to, like I said, Dave Gustin, actually on, all those guys are going to play. But ultimately now, most importantly, Connor Hellebuck, he's resting. You're not get, you're not going to overtax him. I mean, he's played. Was this not his 13th game in a row, or 14th? It was at least I mean, his 13th. I can't. Th- when so, was the last time that that Riddick played? I'm trying to remember. I mean, I can look. I mean, it's been. It a doesn't long, really make it. It doesn't matter. It, it was a long time ago. Anyways, yeah. was it the Colorado? We don't know. Was it was it the San Jose game where they lost in overtime? It might have been that game. It might it might have been that long ago, which is uh, certainly a long, long time ago. That that would have been March 6th. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's probably been March sixth, or because Hellebuck went back to back. Okay, the- so so Phyllis is saying Phyllis and Matthew Thompson are saying it was thirteen in a row. Uh, so my first for, my first number was accurate, but the fact is that you give Connor Hellebuck uh, a, a night off, you let him rest, and like you said, Drew, maybe don't even dress him if you make a recall from the Moose, and you give some maybe whatever. The, I, I haven't looked at the Jet salary cap right now, so I don't know how much how much flexibility they have in terms of room. But maybe you can make one or two recalls if you need to and, and get a guy or two into the lineup if you need to give some guys. I mean, look, maybe give a – I mean, obviously, you're right. Kyle Capobianco most likely comes in. Logan Stanley maybe comes in to give to get guys fresh, get guys some you know uh, rest before the playoffs, before the grind of the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the, the importance of this win, I think you're 100% right. It's not about being able to not have to worry about being able to punch your ticket and having to win that last game or at least get a point against Colorado – or because in theory, I mean, I guess when does the Nashville game start in on Thursday? I believe it's an eight o'clock. Maybe it's a seven o'clock start. Let me double check for you. Uh, Anyways, the, what I'm yeah. saying is that you've now removed that concern and you've yeah. given your your organization. It's all we've talked about. Seven this o'clock. Is the, it's a seven o'clock Central Time start, which means I guess it's a six o'clock start in Colorado, probably because right. they have to fly to Nashville to play that makeup game the next day. Right. Which I'm sure they're thrilled about. <laughs> right. So, anyway, so the the fact is though that again we talk we, we you know there's no point in lamenting. There's no point in looking back and saying what could have, would have, should have happened. But the fact is because of the way the Jets slide occurred and they they squandered all those extra points that they had banked already mm-hmm. and they used them up and they had to, of course, kind of redouble their efforts in order to make the playoffs. They lost the opportunity to be at the point where, like, look at the Minnesota Wild. They rested six guys yesterday. That's a luxury. That's an opportunity to mm-hmm. give your guys some some breaks. So now we'll see that most likely coming into Thursday's game. And they did that because of the way they played in today's game. 
exactly right. And so let's get in. So uh, Kaprizov makes it 2-1, uh, you know, at the just under the two-minute mark of the third period. And then the Wild, of course, are pushing, but the Jets push back. And then the game gets a little bit chaotic, of course. Uh, you know, the Ryan Hartman uh, interference and roughing penalty at the 11.31 mark uh, of the uh, of the second period, or the third period, pardon me. This is after the Ryan Reeves boarding on Dylan DeMello somehow doesn't get called. I mean, it's just so dirty. It's just so dirty, and it's such a lack of uh, respect for your opponent when you can try and injure somebody in, in that instance. I mean, Reeves knows what he's doing. He has him, you know, lined up from the from the faceoff dot, and he knows that Demello's in a vulnerable position. Demello himself, actually, I think, knows that he's in a vulnerable position, and maybe braced himself. Uh, a little bit for it and maybe that's why it wasn't as damaging as it could have been but how it just doesn't get called and how he gets off scot-free with doing it and I don't mean you know uh, scot-free from the Jets response the Jets mm. can't afford to go crazy in that instance it's a one goal game you know but the fact that the NHL just doesn't just consistently turns the other cheek when it comes to dirty nonsense like that is hard to believe and then Ryan Hartman of course you know you take an inch or you give an inch, you take a mile. That's what happens in society. We see it so often. Ryan Hartman on Nikolai Ehlers is just brutally dirty. That's not a hockey play. You no. know, at least the real you know, one. And, and for the record, Drew, just to quickly yeah. interject, when I watched it real time, I thought, possibly, possibly. But then when I watched the replay, and Hartman for sure eyeballed uh, well, Ehlers. No, no, I know. But when you watch a replay, it's easier. Again, like I said, so many times when we're watching hockey games, whether it's live or on the television, mm-hmm. you know, your first blush is kind of an, you think one thing and then you see the replay, you're like, okay, I, it's, I feel a little bit different. Well, again, any doubt was removed on the Hartman hit because it's absolutely not a hockey play. That's it's not. Good. I mean, and anybody who's played hockey knows it's not a hockey play. The puck well, is, first of all, Ehlers didn't have the puck. You can no. say, if, again, if Ehlers had the puck, then I'm, then I'm not like sitting there, but Ehlers doesn't have the puck. So it's really just, it's just absolutely not a hockey play. It's garbage. Well, that, that's it. You know, the Reeves one, you know, look, it's dirty, but at least there's plausible deniability. He could claim he was trying to make a hockey play. I mean, he's lying, but it's a, at least a lie that I can accept. The Hartman one is just predatory. It, it, yeah. It's just an absolutely predatory hit on a vulnerable person, on a vulnerable opponent. And it's the kind of hit you're, you're trying to level to, to not, not hurt somebody. You know, it's okay to sort of hit somebody so that it hurts. But you're trying to injure somebody. You're trying to take away, you know, his potential livelihood. Obviously, they're guaranteed contracts, so it's not going to take away his his livelihood. But you're trying to do long-term damage to Eaglers with that hit. It's got no place in the game. The NHL will probably fine him a thousand dollars for it to really, you know, show the show him that they, that he means boss. But it's just uh, it, it's garbage. And we've talked about it that the Jets, to their credit, made the Wild pay it not at this point in time with their fists, but they made them pay by getting the all important insurance goal. And that's Mason Appleton, his fifth of the season. It comes at the 1406 mark. It comes just after uh, the Hartman penalty expires about uh, 30 seconds after the uh, Hartman penalty expires. Uh, Appleton, his fifth assist to Morgan Barron assist to Kevin Stenland. And it starts with Stenland and a great play in the defensive zone. And then he's able to, he breaks up what looks like a potentially dangerous rush. The fans in Minnesota don't like it. They thought there was a penalty on this play. Well, you know what the officiating, well, we know what the officiating was like tonight. 
uh, and Stenlin was able to head Mana to Baron. Drew, Baron just, sorry, I, was, I, I muted myself for a second, but they also were pissed about the, and probably rightly so, about the offside call yeah. that the, the, the linesman had just made seconds earlier. But I'm saying that, you know, it's a little insult to injury for, for Wild fans that are not happy with the call. And then seconds later, the Jets score, uh, you know, kind of the insurance goal. Exactly right. So, you know, Baron is, uh, you know, Stenlin headmans it to Baron. Baron comes in down the left wing and he's able to feather the pass. I'm not entirely sure how it gets all the way through, but it gets onto the stick of Mason Appleton and Mason Appleton makes no mistake on this one. And he beats Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, you could feel the sense of relief and excitement uh, permeating the Winnipeg Jets bench with this goal at the 14.06 mark. The Jets, with this one, are up two goals. They're five minutes and 54 seconds away from a playoff spot. Even the one point, had it come to that, would have been enough. But the just a massive goal for the Winnipeg Jets, who you know punch back to the Minnesota Wild before punching them li- literally when the game uh, went a little bit cuckoo banana puffs uh, shortly thereafter. No, there's no question about it. I mean, we talk about that, the idea of an, an insurance marker. And, you know, with, with six minutes to go in the game, Mason Appleton, who we mentioned uh, quite a bit on this broadcast, has has really seemed to have upped his game, as have a number of those these Winnipeg Jets, and we've, we've talked about those guys, but... I mean, Morgan Barron, we know that, you know, he's been a, he's been a phenomenal add to this, to this team and in his, you know, first full season here with in Winnipeg. And I just think that you, you see what Mason Appleton can do. And that's why he was like the AHL. I mean, he was the AHL rookie of the year. He was, he's just, he, I mean, he can score goals and he hasn't always shown it very consistently at the NHL level, but he does have that ability. He's got Mm -hmm. size. He's got some wheels. That's what you always want. You always expect to get more out of them. No, I know. And and again, like I said, nobody watched Mason Appleton more, you know, in his AHL uh, days than me. And there's, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but there are quite a, no. quite a, not, not many, not many who <laughs> nobody watched Nobody that him. wasn't being actively employed by yes, True North. That's true. None, none of the, yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. So, but the fact is that he, he does have, I mean, remember Mason Appleton is a six rounder. He's what we call the old diamond in the rough from 2015. I remember I talked to scouts about him and they used to say he's could end up being one of the best. So was that going to be quite as good as that first first rounder? Maybe he could equal what the second second rounder did. Maybe not quite him either. But Mason Appleton has been a, a phenomenal player in this organization. Again, another draft and developed player here for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, again, that's what we've talked. Well, you know, Drew, but what we've talked about is the fact that you just, you can't have a third line that, that just, treads water you need a third line that can that can do what they do which is hold the first line the uh, opposing team's first line from scoring but can also bang in a couple of goals and now we're seeing it adam lowry scoring Mason appleton scoring you don't need a rider either scoring or setting guys up so that's what this team needed was that that all three lines are really a threat to score and obviously it was a little jumbled at that point and kevin stenland's on the fourth line Mm -hmm. but and you got to give kevin stenland credit because that play at the blue line is not an easy one Right. You know, he's off balance. He's got one hand here. He's got one hand on the stick, makes the play, gets it into the zone, doesn't ice the puck. So I mean, give Kevin Stenland, who's, I think he went, he went a long time without any points. Yeah. I feels like did he go like 40 games without any points. They said something on the broadcast that it has been his first assist in, in like 40 uh, games or something like some, that. Really know, he, he, had the, he had the two goal game, right? But like yeah. it was, yeah, it was a long time. I think it was like 40 games, but the point is that it was a nice play by Kevin Stenland. And, you know, and he's another one of those unheralded guys who isn't on the score sheet a lot, so he doesn't get a lot of reference, but he does do a lot of the things that this team needs, you know, obviously with face-offs, obviously on the penalty kill, and that's a nice play. And he sets it up, and then 22 finishes it off. And that at that point, 
you you felt like okay, well, this game is this game is the Jets, but now again, it's with six minutes to go in a three-one game with chaos between friendly Manitoba and Minnesota Nice. How is it going to end up looking? And you you had a feeling it was going to go this way when the Wild realized the Jets were going to get at least a point and punch their ticket to the playoffs. Yeah, and the Jets did that, and then the then it got a little wild and woolly and everything else. And you saw Rick Bonus. I'm sure it's it's floating around Twitter, uh, so I'm sure people have seen it. Rick Bonus, you know, saying to Dean Evason and Dean Evason saying back to him, and you know what? Look, uh, the the emotion is what's important because. I'm a firm believer that an 82 game season is just too damn long. It becomes such a slog for so many of these teams. And it's just, you know, one game often blends into the next and they're, and they just, there's no real emotion in a lot of these games. You know, when there is emotion, when there is passion, when there's truly a rivalry, that's what sports is at its absolute best. And we see it too, too, uh, too few times a season. And we saw it tonight between the Jets and the Wild. And that's certainly what happened at the end of the game uh, with Brendan Dillon on Ryan Hartman and then with Adam Lowry and Ryan Reeves and, you know, everything else that got a little bit chaotic. I would not be surprised if Dean Evason or the Wild organization maybe gets a fine uh, for uh, some of the shenanigans late in the game there with putting Reeves on the ice. Again, that's message sending from them as well. That's message sending from the Minnesota Wild saying, yeah, you may have won this game, but you're also, you know, we're not going to just stand by and idly let you celebrate on our ice. We're going to make you fight for it. And the Jets said, okay, no problem whatsoever. We will gladly fight our way through it. And so both teams are probably... Uh, Perfectly fine with how the end of tonight's game went. Certainly the Jets in that they uh, they punch their ticket to the playoffs and they show up for the fight. Minnesota Wild obviously don't like the result, but uh, you know they are already playoff bound. Uh, anyways, it's a shame that these two teams won't meet again uh, until probably at least the uh, Western Conference Final if it came to that uh, point. Ooh, time. could but, you imagine that one? No, I can't. It that can. would be that'd be unbelievable. Yeah, Minnesota and Manitoba. Chainsaws on the ice instead of hockey sticks. Let the <laughs> let the blood spill and and let the bodies lay where they may. Uh, in any event, the Winnipeg Jets are playoff bound. Three one victory tonight over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it took a lot longer than it seemed like it was going to take earlier in the year, and I don't think anybody thought it was necessarily going to take until game number eighty one. But that's how long it took for the Jets to punch their ticket. The whiteout, uh, literally, not the literal whiteout, thankfully, given the nice warm weather we're currently experiencing. But the whiteout is going to be back in Winnipeg with the schedule to be determined. Double whiteout, Drew. Yes, with the Moose as well. And the ice are still in the playoffs as well. Heading into the whiteout. second round of the Western Hockey League. Uh, going to be a lot of playoff hockey coming in Winnipeg, is what we're saying. And those of us here at Illegal Curve are thrilled to bring you all the coverage that you need through the Illegal Curve post-game show, through IllegalCurve.com, and of course, uh, through Saturday morning's Illegal Curve hockey show. I should say uh, that before we wrap up the Betway game recap, Mason Appleton's shot, the insurance marker, is our Seagram shot of the game, and something like that, given the fireworks in tonight's game, can only be brought to you by 
fireball tastes like heaven burns like hell pick it up at your local liquor mart or wherever fine seagram's products are sold big thanks to our friends at seagram's for their sponsorship of the illegal curve post game show and the betway game recap is of course brought to you by betway it's simple fun and safe to bet with betway so head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play Please play responsibly as the playoffs are set to begin. If you have a company or you know of a company that wants to become a sponsor here on the Illegal Curve post-game show, send us a message. You can send either Dave or myself an email, drew at illegalcurve.com, dave at illegalcurve.com, or slide into our DMs at icdrew, at icdave, at Illegal Curve. Our DMs are open. We would love for your uh, company, business, whatever it might be, whatever you want to advertise, we'd love for you to join our roster of advertisers ahead of this playoff run. When we come back, much more on tonight's Jets playoff clinching victory over the Minnesota Wild, much more on the Manitoba Moose playoff clinching victory over the Texas Stars, much more of the Illegal Curve postgame show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, it's a, what is it? It's a Tuesday night. Don't go anywhere. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. 
Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Couple minutes before eleven o'clock. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you, talking about the Winnipeg Jets' three one victory over the Minnesota Wild. They clinch a playoff spot to be determined when the playoffs begin. I believe the earliest possible date is April the seventeenth, which is next Monday. We remind everyone: stay tuned for information about an Illegal Curve viewing party and live broadcast. Obviously, can't finalize those details because we don't know the schedule yet but once we know the schedule those details will come out and we expect all of you good folks who are able to make it to join us live in person for an illegal curve broadcast and watch party as the jets will do battle against question mark but we know that they are going to start on the road the odds right now say it's in vegas time will tell if that is actually where it ends up Mr. Dave Manuk. Uh, no, I haven't seen any comments coming out of the Jets dressing room as of late or as of yet. We'll keep an eye on that and, of course, bring them to you. Kenny here. and Jeff. Kenny and Jeff. We're going to have to pillory them. Well, Jeff's on with, uh, yeah, exactly. We're at Kenny and Jeff. This is why we need Murat always on the road. Murat's really good at tweeting out the post-game quotes. But in any event, we'll have those for you as soon as they're available on IllegalCurve.com if they're not available here on the post game show dave m another manitoba based team winnipeg based team punched their ticket to the playoffs earlier tonight we're not going to go go goal by goal for that one but nonetheless here we have a very important put on your antlers it's time for the manuk moose minute on the illegal curve hockey show Let's go. It's my time to shine. The Manuk Moose Minute. Well, as everyone knows, Moose ended their homestand with a win, and they were heading out on the final regular season road trip, starting in Texas tonight against the Texas Stars. Just needing two points. There were a number of scenarios for the Moose in in ways they could clinch. But as we talked about with the Jets, always better to control your own destiny and not rely on other teams to uh, manufacture it for you. So the Moose were in Texas and got things started with Jeff Malott. He took over the goal scoring, or he tied, sorry, Jansen Harkins for the goal scoring lead, his 22nd goal of the season. We obviously talk about Jeff quite a bit. He took advantage of a nice little 
um, turnover by the Texas Stars. So he scored. The Nationals saw it and scored. So the Moose had a 2-0 lead. Familiar because the Jets also had a 2-0 lead after 20 minutes. Well, the Moose copied them. But then the uh, uh, Stars started to get back into it. They made it a 2-1 game. Jansen Harkins got to highlight this goal, Drew. It's going to be on our Illegal Curve Instagram. I haven't done it yet because it's been nonstop action when there's two games happening at the exact same time. I'm trying my best. I'm clipping it if you want to go to the IC. Dave Twitter account, I've got all almost all except for the empty net goal on my account uh, right now. But the fact is that uh, Jansen Harkins scored a beautiful goal, uh, found himself some time and space in the Texas zone to make it a 3-1 game. Nice pass from Jeff Mallott, who uh, gave up his goal-scoring lead to Jansen Harkins, who scored his 23rd. But then the Moose slipped. And of course, I can't exactly attest to what happened because I was trying to watch the Jets game so I could speak to what was happening on that game here in this post-game show. But the Moose did give up three straight goals to the uh, Stars. So suddenly... A 2-1 lead was a 4-2 deficit, 4-3, sorry, deficit. 3-1 lead was a 4-3 deficit for the Manitoba Moose uh, in the third period. And then alternate captain Cole Meyer, he scored a beauty, uh, got some time and space. Alex Limoges, who's the leading scorer, was the leading scorer. Last I checked, he set him up. And so uh, Cole Meyer tied it. And I was literally writing the tweet, watching Jets game, clip the video, watching the tweet, watch, about to make the tweet. And of course, Texas Scar- Stars scored again. So suddenly, 35 seconds later, it's 5-4 Texas. You're thinking, well, maybe the Moose don't have it in them to win, and maybe they're going to have to rely on someone else. But I should have known better. Leon Gavanke, yeah. 2017 fifth rounder, he scores his 18th goal of the season, which, as folks know, is the new Manitoba Moose record for goals by a defenseman. He was uh, he had t- he had broken the record held by Sammy Niku, but he had tied the record by Brett Hauer. Now, Brett Howard, who may not may not be a, the, coincidentally from Minnesota, uh, he is, may not be a household name, but he was a Manitoba Moose in the IHL days. He spent, I think, four seasons with the Moose, and he scored in 2000-2001 17 goals. So with that goal, Leon Gavanke became the top-scoring, record-setting goal-scoring defenseman for the Manitoba Moose, IHL, AHL, whichever iteration you want to discuss. It's Leon's record now. With 18, Jansen Harkins added another uh, nice goal. It was a nice little uh, um, bottle popper. And so that uh, increased the, the lead. And then Leon Gavanke, a little empty net action with his 19th goal of the season. So the Moose won themselves the game 7-5. to five. Again, no Arvid home. He was out due to illness. So the Oscari Salmonen was in net. Evan Cormier was backing up. And uh, the Moose will have a rematch with Texas before they go and finish the regular season against Rockford and Chicago. And most likely the Moose, not that Moose fans want to, but the Moose fans are going to be seeing um, most likely the Milwaukee. Uh, although actually you don't know because Texas was in first place and that was their game in hand on Milwaukee. They have a two point edge with three games to go. So uh, if the Moose, if Texas beats the Moose and the Milwaukee gets on a roll, then it might be Texas who I actually think is a better matchup personally for the Moose because Dallas will have their guys up with the big club, whereas Milwaukee is going to send all those guys Jets fans just saw play for Nashville the other day. <laughs> they're going to be back on the Milwaukee Admirals uh, when their season ends now that it's officially over. Yeah. So uh, Moose will most likely not want to see the uh, Milwaukee Admirals in the first round of the playoffs. It could end up that way. We don't know. But uh, for right now, we know that the Moose are a playoff team and there'll be a second whiteout. So folks will be excited to be able to support some AHL hockey. We might have some tickets for that. So uh, stay tuned for 
more information, but that's the, uh, that's the way it goes. And now they get a chance to kind of keep the good feelings rolling. They got a two game winning streak. So they'll probably want to keep that rolling for the next three games and go into the playoffs feeling good about themselves. There you go. Dave M with the Manuk Moose minute for tonight. The Moose victorious Ooh. in Texas. Take a deep breath, my good man. They've punched their ticket. It's a playoff ticket punching kind of night here in Winnipeg as the Jets do it 3-1 over the wild and the Moose do it, of course, deep in Texas as well. We still have contests uh, to run. We got one more regular season. Although, Drew, just right, we should also mention because we we didn't know until last night but we didn't get a chance to say it. And the ice will face the Moose Jaw Warriors yes. because Saskatoon defeated Regina last night. Yeah. So Connor Bedard's junior career comes to an end. He'll be the first uh, overall pick in the June draft. But way to uh, go Sask- on the limb there. Yeah, and a real, uh, real uh, insightful stuff for me on that one. Yeah. But uh, we now know because the mo- the ice had to wait to find out who they were going to be facing off. They'll be facing off against the Moose Jaw Warriors, who coincidentally they met last year in the second round. It was actually a rather even uh, season series. I think it was three games apiece for both the teams. Uh, game one goes Friday here in Winnipeg. There you go. Uh, quick out-of-town scoreboard update. Colorado and Edmonton are tied at 1-1. Uh, whomever loses that game means the Jets won't be able to face them in the first round of the playoffs. So if you want uh, the, if you don't want the Jets to face the Oilers, and I think a lot of people who might be of that era uh, would be having a little bit of traumatic flashbacks. Do, do, you, do you have to say that anymore after the uh, the you Jets? Still have to I say it. Yeah, really? I don't, I don't think so. It. I do. No. I do. It's not the same. Uh, this this Oilers team, I think, is the scariest. Oh no! Uh, I, I I mean that for that reason, yes. Yeah, it's still it's still traumatic. Even though that even the fun of that and the doing the post game show after the quadruple overtime game when it was three in the morning and we had you know however. Hey, many- speak for yourself. I was I was downtown Winnipeg by myself uh, at, at two in the morning. Were you doing? I can try to remember. I guess you were yeah, at I did that the game. game. I, did, I did the game uh, uh, at the arena still. Right. I guess you were still at the arena for that one. But it was, it was a fun post game show. But yes, it's still. It sure was. Uh, I look in terms of matchup, in terms of who I think the Jets. No, Vegas. I think Vegas is a better matchup. Vegas is, I think, the best matchup. Absolutely. Simply because of the goaltending equation. I mean, Vegas is a very good team. And oh, coincidentally, Mark Stone looks like yeah. he's going to be healthy for the in time for the playoffs. Imagine that. I can't believe another team was able to get away with a uh, LTIR shenanigans. That never happens in the NHL. Uh, but, uh, you know, I still think Vegas with the goaltending is is the... Well, the Jets not, know how to beat Lor- was- Lauren Brassois anyways, so... Well, the Jets would certainly be the underdog. Let's not get carried away or anything. No, of the course. Jets would certainly be the heavy underdog, but I think that's probably the team, or Dallas for that matter. I think the Jets and, and the Dallas Stars have enough. It'd be a great uh, goaltending duel, that's for it sure. Certainly would Plus, be what, a, what a good story between Rick Bonus and his whole team. Right, but it's probably not going to be. Vegas is now up 4-1 on Seattle, and a Vegas victory means that the Jets and the Stars cannot meet in the go. first round of the playoffs. Drew's so bringing you up to date. There you go, bringing you up to date. Yeah, you know, Jonathan Quick, of course, there in Vegas. In any event, we'll have the answer by Saturday morning. We might even have the answer by Thursday's post-game show, but Saturday morning for sure, in-depth playoff preview live here on our YouTube channel. So be sure to get ready for that following, uh, you know, following Thursday's final regular season post game show we've done 81 of these we might as well do 82 before we get into the playoff one yeah, no, we're drew we're not hey we're not bringing in the uh the the, the next wave of ic we're like uh guys uh we actually need a night off so we're gonna we're gonna be <laughs> in the press box. Kiss. 
it's exactly. my kids and it's Ezzy's kids are going to do the post game show. It's going to be really weird, but somehow it's going to be more mature. I suspect. It, I suspect my TV instead of showing uh, the fireplace will be like a uh, would be like some kids cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Somehow they're somehow they're more verbose and less immature than we are. But uh, that's just uh, our uh, unique uh, behavior. Our unique I brand. Suppose. Our unique yeah, brand. Our unique brand. Exactly right. That, that has so many of you still with us on this uh, Tuesday evening. We're thrilled that you're still with us here watching the Illegal Curve post game show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. We always love what you guys have to say about the post-game show. Uh, let's do some contest giveaways, Dave M. Do it. Uh, let's do it. I found there was a lot of good comments. You know, I, I thought this one, it was a little succinct, but I thought I liked it very much for the tough duck. Hey, Drew, you can give up more than one. You, you can give up two if you want. I true. It's true. I could. I'm, I'm, not generous. Sure that, I'm not sure that this fine gentleman has won before, but Chris Vermette. I don't think all so. the wild antics, all the Minnesota wild antics did was piss the Jets off and galvanize the team. Perfect timing. Thanks, Minnie. So Chris Vermette, with that comment, you are our tough duck, hardest hitting comment for tonight's postgame show. Uh, as a result, you are now going to get punched in the face by Adam Lowry. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You're going to, in fact, win a toque, courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck. So send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs at IC Drew, and we'll hook you up with a toque and some other good stuff from our friends at Tough Duck. In fact, it might not even be a toque as the weather is turning. It might be something more usable for the nice warm weather that we're currently experiencing. I'm sure nobody is the least bit upset about seeing all the snow melt away. Uh, as we've done, Dave M., throughout the course of this regular season, we give away illegal, we give away merchandise. Winnipeg Second Jets last one. Exactly. We give away uh, merchandise, Winnipeg Jets merchandise, courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. All you have to do to win is enter the Illegal Curve merchandise contest. The best way to enter it is click the contest link in the drop-down arrow. I can't believe I've said this spiel 81 times already this year, but you click the link in the drop-down arrow on the show description on the YouTube page. If you can't find it there, you go to illegalcurve.com. You click on any article. You'll see the contest link there. You do any number of the tasks that are available to you. The more tasks you do, the more entries you get. And of course, by entering the unique code word, you get 10 additional entries. Tonight's unique code, courtesy of those of us who are familiar with this fine establishment in Minneapolis, not in St. Paul, but in Minneapolis, Sneaky Peaks is the code word for tonight's Illegal Curve merchandise contest enter the unique code word on the contest page as we said get 10 entries and the more times you get those 10 entries maybe you will win the prize for game number 82 of the illegal curve merchandise contest so sneaky pete's s-n-e-a-k-y-p-e 
T E S. Supposed to be apostrophe, but the apostrophe would screw it up. So I'd right. we don't use apostrophe. the apostrophe. We don't believe in proper grammar. We also say that you're an idiot. Y O U R, not Y O U apostrophe R E. That's just how we roll here. Who needs grammar? It I did do a. I did do a bad. <laughs> I did do a bad Y O U R versus Y O U apostrophe R E today on a tweet, which pissed me off because it was Leon Gavanke's record-setting tweet. And I, as soon as I, I, I sent it, I was kind of like, whatever. And again, Jets moose, Jets moose, Jets moose. Yeah. And I realized after, I was like, oh, your, how did I do that? that but I don't a, think it was me, actually. I think it was an autocorrect. Stupid was, phone. Well, you know, what should we do? Should we maybe send you back to grade school or something like that for, uh, as a result uh, of, of that error? Or how about instead, I'm going to read some of the quotes from the post game, this coming out of Jeff Hamilton's uh, game article. Oh, time. Published on heck? WinnipegFreePress.com. Here's well, Mark- Drew, just maybe maybe you should just give the winner. Oh, yeah. Let's I'll do, do the winner, the winner and then and no, then maybe you then can we'll read your quotes. That. So here's the winner of the merchandise contest for tonight. Congratulations to Rob Hutchison. Rob Hutchison is the winner of the Illegal Curve merchandise contest uh, for tonight. Uh, Rob will be in touch. You Congratulations. You're going to get some great Jets gear courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. Thanks for your support. Thanks for entering the contest. As I said, one more opportunity for everyone. That comes Thursday night at the Jets Colorado Avalanche game. Here's Mark Shifley tonight. Give credit to every guy in this room. We battled hard the last little while to get back to being in the playoffs. Obviously, we wish we would have stayed at the top, but that happens. Everything happens for a reason, and we just have to trust in that plan. So that is Mark Shifley talking about uh, the Winnipeg Jets. He continues on later on in the article. Again, we encourage you to read Jeff Hamilton's article. The saves he made down the stretch were amazing, Mark Shifley said about Connor Hellebuck. We sat back a little too much and gave them way too much respect and way too much room to make plays, but he won that game for us, certainly uh, not uh, something we haven't heard, uh, something we've heard <laughs> multiple times over the last number of years. Here's Connor Hellebuck talking about some of the end of game shenanigans uh, when uh, things got a little chaotic between the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Quote, they got really dirty. We were playing hard. I guess they were playing hard too, but they were getting a little unnecessary. Maybe the refs let it get a little out of control. That's playoff hockey right there. That's it. Certainly was a, a little out of control, but the mindset and the ferociousness uh, should sort of flip a switch for everyone as the playoffs are set to begin uh, very shortly on Monday, still to be determined exactly the playoff schedule. But there are some quotes from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room after tonight's 3-1 victory over the Minnesota Wild. Dave M., any final words for you, or are you ready to wrap this one up and uh, get on with your post-game duties for IllegalCurve.com? No, I mean, I think I think we've hit it all. We've talked about the Jets. We've talked about the Moose. We've talked about the Ice. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about the fact that if you uh, have a chance, leave a comment on the podcast. Go on iTunes. Go on Spotify. Rate us. Review us. Make sure you're hitting a subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can add some subscribers. We're, we're trying to get to that 5,000 number, folks. Let's let's I mean playoffs should be able to get us to that number. Let's maybe try and get there before playoffs. That wouldn't kill us. And uh what else can I ask you to do? Oh, you know, maybe leave a comment on the YouTube videos. That's also helps. Let's people know, hey, there's a show on after every single Jets game. We look, there's a lot of you who joined us. We've been uh, we've had our OGs 
who have been with us since the beginning of uh, the post-game shows. We've got a lot more uh, of late, but we, we enjoy each and every one of you joining us after each and every single Jets game and on every Saturday morning. So uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks again for spending your night with us. Yeah. 81 games down, Drew. 82 numbered, 82 to go. I cannot believe we're already not here. Not 82 to go. Not 82 to no, go. No, I said <laughs> number 82. Yeah. Number 82 to still to go. Yeah. But I cannot believe uh, Phyllis gave us an update. Said the Oilers beat the Avs in OT. So there you go. Oh, T. Conapoli. Good, good memory by good mention by you. Uh, one thing worth noting, I, and I, I was trying to sniff around it. I haven't got any insight, but um, Dimitri Kuzman, the Jets. 2021 third rounder his ohl season ended with the flint firebirds he was phenomenal by the way goal and seven assists uh, no yeah goal and seven assists in seven games he had two i think he had three assists in the game that forced they were <clears throat> down three games to one and he had three assists in one game two assists in the in the last game in game seven so dimitri kuzman he's a left shot uh defenseman very offensive defenseman thinking the coaches poll in the ohl he finished third uh, for offensive defensemen, he could be signing an ATO with the Moose and maybe getting some games, especially now that they've clinched. So you could expect maybe to see that in the next couple of days. And Danny Jilkin and uh, uh, Kitchener, I don't know what happened with them. I saw T. Conopoli mention uh, Kitchener. So I'm not sure if they are still in it or not. Maybe, Drew, while you're thanking our sponsors, I'll quickly check that to see what the status is of, of him because there's another guy who could be on an ATO and playing with the Moose uh, as the season winds down. So the Oilers beat the Avalanche, as Phyllis mentioned. That means the Jets and the Avalanche cannot meet in the first round of the playoffs. So it's down between the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights or the Jets and the Edmonton Oilers uh, for whom the Jets can play in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So time will tell. We'll know more in the coming days uh, who the Jets' opponent is. But oh, we know. Sorry. sorry, Drew. Kitchener is playing London in the second round. So no Danny Jilkin right away the uh, third rounder from 2022, but he could be joining the Jets. There I mean, the Moose, go. sorry. So basically, uh, the way it's going to come down to the Golden Knights and the Oilers are going to play, uh, not each other, they're not going to be playing, actually, did they play each other on Thursday? Hang on, let me see if I can figure this out real quick. Uh, let's take a real quick look at everything. The Nope, Sharks play there. Uh, the Golden Knights play the Kraken on Thursday. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if the Golden Knights win on uh, Thursday, they're going to face the Jets. If the Oilers were to win and the Golden Knights were to lose, the Jets would finish would face the Oilers. But don't quote me on that. There's a lot going on, and my head hurts a little We'll figure bit. it out eventually. We'll figure it out eventually. Exactly right. But the Jets were gonna be he- are going to be heading through the Pacific Division. That much I can say for sure. They're going to be heading through the Pacific Division for the upcoming play. Playoffs, however, they'll, oh, they'll that'll make for some late night games, Drew. You know what? I was just thinking about it. They're going to be uh, get some sleep over the next couple days, Dave, because our sleep patterns are going ah, to come on. go a little haywire after that. Add in some overtime games. Who needs sleep? Just hook, oh, just put the so caffeine, excited for playoffs. So excited, put the caffeine right into our veins. Uh, a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, who make the Saturday show, who make the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Andy Noble tomorrow night. Dan Mintz. Oh, Boston. did Frosty get it wrong? Is it Frosty, not Chris? Frosty, Frosty got it on, which I'm not sure who Chris Noble is because he had it right before. But uh, we'll let Fro- we'll, we'll forgive Frosty on this Wait. one. 
Andy Noble tomorrow night. <laughs> Dan Mintz from Bob's Burgers is there all weekend long through Thursday. Sharon. Yeah, not a lot of tickets available, so get them now. Rumorscomedyclub.com. Uh, our friend at Linden Market Dental Center, the Keg and Grid Park, Rolly's Transfer, Zapia Group, Realty, Betway. They are the title sponsor of the post-game show. Tough Duck, Seagram's, Boston Pizza. Big thanks to all of these sponsors. Support all of these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. He's Dave Manuk. I'm Drew Mandel. We're back Thursday night for one final regular season game. We're back Saturday morning for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Comprehensive playoff preview coming up on Saturday. And of course, for all of the playoff games. And of course, fingers crossed, it's going to work out. A live on location broadcast and watch party for the playoffs as well. Don't go anywhere, illegalcurve.com, at illegalcurve, all of our social media platforms. We'll see you then until Thursday night and the post-game show right around 9.45 p.m. For Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.